0: We're sisters, best friends, and authors on a mission to help you stoke your creative fire and live the life of your dreams. We believe that purpose fuels passion and that creativity is your secret weapon for mass construction. There's never been a better time to bless the world with your dream realized. You're listening to The Kate and Abby Show. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of The Kate and Abby Show. Today's episode is special because we are celebrating the release of Kate's new book, which comes out tomorrow. And the book is Sparrow Rising, which is the final book in the Blood Race series. How does it
1: feel to be publishing the final book? It feels really, really surreal. It yeah. feels so good, though. Because when, when did the first one come <clears> out? Like 20- it came out in 2017, wow. the first book, yeah. So it's been a long so journey. So it's been a long journey. Yeah. Yeah. It's And it's like... It was so much time spent with the same characters in the same world, and which is awesome, but in a way, it's like also feels really good and satisfying to be closing that chapter and finishing up with these characters in this world. Yeah, Yeah. it's like it's a whole
0: universe. If you guys have read Kate's series, The Blood Race, it is a, a remarkable, amazing series. I love it. It is full of action-adventure, urban fantasy, some supernatural elements as
1: well. This and is the first book right here yes, if you guys are watching. The Blood Race. And it's linked below in the YouTube version.
0: All the books will be linked below. And also, we're doing something special in this episode. Yeah. We are doing a giveaway of the entire series in paperback format. Now, this is a US-only giveaway just because of shipping costs. But anybody can join if you, if you live within the United States- comment below and subscribe to kate's youtube channel that's all you have to do to enter the giveaway and we're giving away the entire series yeah back for so, us. An so an if you want to read, read it the blood
1: race worlds beneath resurgence searching for sparrow and sparrow rising the brand new book yeah. so what is that six books yeah i think so i don't know six books yeah, six wow. books wow it's hard to believe that i've written six books
0: i know i know a lot of readers love to i know i love to jump on series bandwagons like after the fact like after all the books have come out so yeah. that you can just like binge the entire
1: series right so. were you reading a series recently that you had to wait for a book and you're like this is so weird yes. i have to wait for the last book to <laughs> yes. come out. yeah it was, it it's was nice torturous. when you have them all there because then you can read them as quickly as you want mm-hmm. that is a benefit for sure so this entire book stack can be yours i was joking with abby um the other day i had the whole stack in my hand i'm like wow it feels really weird to have written as many books as you get in your average bookstore haul <laughs> Yes. <laughs> it's crazy. I know. it's, it's crazy, it crazy feeling. I imagine
0: it must feel crazy. I only have two books published at the moment, but I have a lot of unpublished works that are I'm getting ready. Abby to is always working someday,
1: And we're working on a co write. Yeah, so lots of books are in the works. And if you guys haven't read any of my writing, you're like, oh, I would really like to just see what Kate's writing is like, I'm holding up this book. You guys, some of you on YouTube can see it. Anomaly is the prequel to The Blood Race, and you can get that book for free, the ebook version of it, if you want to try reading that, and it will be delivered to your inbox for free. So feel free to sign up for that below and get a taste of what my writing's like and what the series is. It's a great little um, prequel. It's optional. You don't have to read it. And alternatively, you can actually read at any point throughout the series. I kind of designed it that way, so it's this fun extra. It's kind of like bonus content backstory. Mm. Yeah, I, I, love I it. really enjoyed writing it. It was a really. It's cool one of my
0: favorites, tour. honestly. Is it really? Oh, that's like, awesome! It's so
1: good. I so loved emotional. it. Emotional. It was a very emotional journey mm. to to write for sure. Yeah. But yeah. So the release date is September twentieth. So you guys set a reminder, let someone know who might like to read Yeah, the next book that I wrote. I'm super pumped. Can't wait to share it with you guys. But to, we thought to celebrate, we would, um, Abby asked over on her channel, if you guys had any questions about publishing, self-publishing, that's what we're going to kind of tackle some of your most asked questions about indie publishing.
0: Yeah, so a lot of great questions came in, and we're going to try to answer as many as we can here. We thought it would be a fun little... Uh, Within the publishing theme, to be talking about Kate's new release and also answering some of your publishing indie publishing questions
1: because it's quite the journey leading up to publishing. And me and Abby have both been talking about it a lot with publishing this book. Because even though I wrote it and it's my book, Abby has been helping with so many aspects of publishing this book and bringing it to the table. As a lot of you know, Abby designed the beautiful cover. She did a lot. She was helping with a lot of like things like formatting in and where it needs to be like uploaded. Just all the steps that it takes to get a book ready to be published. So we're going to delve into some of that. And a lot of these questions pertain to a lot of those things.
0: Yes, a lot of different um, moving parts to this process mm, For yeah, sure that's a good way to put it. It's a for lot sure. for one person to handle and that's why it's really cool that we have each other as a team yeah uh, work together on these things on, on our co-write series and also on individual books.
1: Yeah and if you don't have someone like in your media era er, era <laughs> area who can like help you and stuff, thankfully there's lots of resources online and um, we'll hopefully be giving you some good ideas about that. But so to kick it off with the first question, when this is from Mary B. When should we do the cover and blurb reveal? I know it's probably better to do that as soon as possible, but how close to the release date would be the best? I don't want people to forget about my book because I won't be publishing it for another five months. So mm. that's a good question. Yeah, cover and blurb reveal. Those are those are, big, those are big things when it comes to promoting your book. So this is important. What would you say to that?
0: I would say like anywhere from three to five months, honestly, because... If you are continually putting out a lot of promotion and hype for this book, then five months is not too long that people will forget, Um, especially if you are continuing to build hype and keep your audience nourished leading up to the release date. Um, I know that with my book, 100 Days of Sunlight, I think it was like three months when I released the cover, the blurb, what it was about, the title, and called for ARC readers. So that was kind of all in one week I did that. And yeah, it was a very busy, very chaotic week. (laughs) But that was about three months before the release date. And I found that that was like the very um, least amount of time. Like I would have been happy with a few more weeks. So I usually would say err on the side of giving yourself too much time because you'll never regret giving yourself more time.
1: And also, I don't think people forget about yeah. what you're doing because um, actually it will help them remember what you're doing better because the cover gives them a visual. And when they see it around, they'll be like, oh yeah, that's their book. Yes. Can't wait for that to come out. Or when they see the blurb and they read that and learn a little bit about what the story is, they're going to be able to remember, oh, that's that story about this, that, and the other thing rather than, oh, um, I know author so-and-so is writing a book, but I don't know what it's called and I don't know what it's about. That That's actually... You would be more prone to forget that because you just don't know enough about it. When we know a little bit about it and we have a visual to attach to it, actually, it's it's branding really it helps us remember what you're doing a little bit better. Yeah, for sure. And it creates that hype because mm-hmm. you're already interested. You'll have if people bu- sharing it.
0: Yeah. If the book was available, they would buy it. So how can you create that, um, that desire like as soon as possible.
1: And, and this this question is from Mary B as well. And I, I wanted to answer this one too, because it tags on really nicely, which is how can we keep our community engaged with our content when our book is still not out? And what kind of content could we put out that draws our audience in? So that that's really the key to when you're worried about, okay, my book's not coming out yet. How do I get people engaged with what I'm doing Um, even though the book isn't released, so they're not forgetting about the fact that, hey, I'm going to be releasing a book in a few months. Right. Yeah, that's definitely vital and this
0: to me comes into play with like um, what do you want to see as a reader you know if you followed an author and you loved their books you loved their style what would you want to see what kind of content would you want to see from that author would you want to see them talking about kind of probably some things in the same vein as the books that they publish whether that is writing that they're sharing, or it's more topics centered around writing, centered around reading, centered around the genre. Um, However, you can serve your audience and nourish them in a way that feels natural to you. So something that you would actually enjoy writing or engaging with. I think that's really essential when it comes to producing content, whether it's for a blog or social media or YouTube or whatever it may be. And I think that a lot of people um, kind of freeze up when they think about producing content that serves an audience because they feel like maybe kind of unqualified to do that. Like, oh, I'm not an expert. I don't have you know, the ability to teach from a perspective of being super advanced in something. Well, if you are one step ahead of somebody else on the same journey, then you can teach from your own experience what you've learned. And that to me has been very liberating and freeing really to be able to um, speak just from a place of experiential learning of like, here's something cool that I found was helpful
1: and valuable in my life. Sharing your own experience and what helped you on your own path. Yeah. And another thing to keep in mind too is you really don't have to get complicated and fancy with what you're sharing. Yeah, um, People like to see behind the scenes. They like to see what, how is it you do what you do and what does that look like on a daily basis. And honestly, from what I have studied, because I do watch a lot of informational learning things about how to use Um, social media platforms for my business in a way that actually is going to reach people. Because as we all know, a lot of these big tech platforms are constantly changing their algorithms that leaving everyone in the dark as to how to even use these platforms to reach their audience. And Many of these platforms are rewarding extremely organic content, such as short videos, not polished videos, not high-quality filmed videos, but just short organic pieces. Of, hey, here I am at my writing desk today. I'm, you know, working on chapter blah blah blah, and, and um, I'm working with these characters, and they're my favorites because of this reason. Can't wait to share this with you guys. Boom, took you. 30 seconds to shoot this video. You don't even need to edit it. It can be shot on your phone and you can upload that video as is and it will get actually quite a bit of engagement. You might be taken by surprise how much engagement you will start to accumulate if you do that consistently. So you don't have to show up in a big fancy way like, oh, I need to get a high-end camera and I need to learn how to use Premiere Pro to edit and do all this stuff and build a professional YouTube channel. You really don't have to do that anymore. You just, you just don't, the, the algorithms aren't even rewarding that as much as they once were. I was just watching a video about that the other day. So it's liberating because you can really just create simple organic content. Yeah. That's a great point. Okay. Next question. The Christian fangirl. Congrats, Kate. Thank you so much. Questions. How do I know when my book is ready to be published? So let's answer that one first because there's a few questions in here. Um, I think when you're super, 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 super happy with it, yeah,
0: and you, confident that yeah. it's as as good as it's gonna get.
1: You read it and you're like, "Oh yeah, that's yeah. great." I you have I, to be proud. I, of I am it. proud of that. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure, you have to be proud of it. And um, having someone else read it, mm-hmm. yeah. Couple yeah. people have read it and they're like, "Wow, sure. mm, that's really good. You should do something with it." Now, if it, that's also take that with a grain of salt, because if someone reads it and they're like, oh, "I really don't like this," that's not like a be all and all. But if you have a couple beta readers that you trust and they have your best interest at heart, they want to see you succeed, and they're like, "Oh, this is really good," or you know, if they have a little critique for you and you add that, and then it's like, "Oh yeah, that's really strong. You should run with it. That's a good sign." Yeah, Is it harder to get a book in stores if I indie publish? Hmm. So would be a good one for you to answer.
0: Yeah, that's, I mean, that's a big question that a lot of indie authors or potential indie authors ask. And the thing about um, getting your book in bookstores, honestly, this could be an entire episode by itself. And I'm sure that there are tons of videos and podcasts out there who have talked more in depth about this. But just to touch on it real quick. The thing is, it's just like any store. It operates on supply and demand. So, the thing that I've always focused on with publishing is, okay, if, if everything operates under supply and demand, then you need to just focus on creating the demand. That's literally all you need to do as the author is just focus 100% of your attention on creating a lot of conversation about your book, a lot of hype, a lot of interest, and that will create a demand. So, Every individual bookstel- bookseller is different, but I will say that there is kind of this, um, this misbelief. I guess <laughs> this this uh, what is it called? Like a common, like a common like a, myth. A common myth. Um, around bookstores and traditional publishing, like every book that's traditionally published will be in Barnes and Noble, and that's simply not true. Um, there are only certain books that are ever going to show up in. Big stores like Barnes and Noble, Books a Million, stuff like that, um, and those algorithms kind of is what they are, are different depending on the publishing industry, but it has to do mostly with again supply and demand, and there are only there's only so much room in any publisher's budget to push a certain book to a certain level of promotion. Sometimes that involves stocking them in brick-and-mortar bookstores. Sometimes it doesn't. really depends on the demand. So to me, from an indie perspective, the best way to create a demand is to focus on creating the conversation and then also using platforms to communicate with and get in front of people who make those decisions. So I'm talking about booksellers and librarians. If you want your book in libraries, you want your book in bookstores. The best way is to get in front of individuals who make those decisions and so sites like netgalley for instance um, i utilized with the launch of 100 days of sunlight and i highly recommend using um, to get your book in front of booksellers librarians teachers influencers and those individuals are going to have a ripple effect on where your book is available so Ultimately, I think the focus should be less on the brick and mortar bookstores and more on creating the demand, period. And then once there's a demand, you don't have to worry about what stores are carrying it. I also think it's worth mentioning that some indie authors who've had their books um, in bookstores or traditionally published authors, I should say,
1: don't have success
0: with having their book in bookstores. Right. Stores. Yeah. I
1: was going to say like it, it's worth considering too that I, I know as authors it can be really easy to set this like seeing my book in the bookstore on this really shiny pedestal. Yes. Because it's like kind of like it's seeing the my painting moment. in a museum. Yeah. It's, it's the romantic moment. Yeah. Um, but it, it doesn't necessarily equate to success. There's a lot of authors that have their books in bookstores that are not selling. There's also books that have been incredibly successful, sold millions of copies and become feature films and series on Netflix that have only ever been on, uh, what's that fiction website? Wattpad. yeah. <laughs> that have only been on like Wattpad. Okay, so so how are we defining success here? I, I think, well, it can be lovely to have your book in a bookstore and there's nothing wrong with it at all, but we have to make sure we don't set that on like this, Oh, ah, this moment of just like success right. and wonder and awe and fireworks. Works going off because it doesn't really mean all that necessarily. So um, it's not so much like the ultimate thing we want to work toward, but like Abby was saying, work on making conversation about your book and those things sort of naturally come. Um, does indie publishing take longer than traditional? I would say it all depends. It depends on how you're doing it. And the thing about indie publishing is you are in control of the timeline. So that is one thing that um, you will be more at the mercy of the publisher. Um, and I say this as a hybrid author who has published audiobooks traditionally and has, has published my, my books the actual book, um, Indy. Um, it's just a different experience because you have a hundred percent control over when you publish, when you're going independent, because you're doing it independently. You get to decide, you get to be your own boss here. Whereas when you are working with publishers, more of a group project and the timeline could change or be altered and you might not necessarily have the final say in that.
0: Mm.
1: Yeah. Um, is indie publishing cheaper? Um, I would say that it completely depends. It's, it completely depends, it is, yeah.
0: It's crazy how much it fluctuates as far as like depending on how much you hire other people to do and how much you do yourself. Like my budget for 100 Days of Sunlight was very small when I published that book and I did mostly everything myself. <laughs> I did the formatting myself. I did the book cover, the jacket art. I did pretty much every step of the process myself, except the professional edit, um, and a professional proofread. Those were like the very essential things that I hired out. But other than that, I did pretty much everything else myself. So, you know, if you hire a cover designer, hire a formatter, that automatically puts your budget
1: way higher. So, those are things to consider. And another thing too is that, um, like a successful author that published independently versus if you took that same author and they published traditionally their profit margin is going to be bigger independently so if you if you kind of equate that in um how much profit they're making on like how cost effective was it for them to publish the book you will have a larger profit margin for the independently published author so i mean you could figure that into it as well because that's kind of you know part it's part of the financial end of it um how do you recommend promoting outside of a a blog tour for independently published uh, independently published authors? So like outside blog- of a blog tour, yeah. So blog tours for those of you who might be like, what is a, kind of when you approach different bloggers and you have them um, do a blog post about your upcoming book and you sort of like tour around to these different blogs. But there are other ways. Like you did a lot of different styles of promotion for a hundred days of sunlight, utilizing social media and
0: yeah. Big Stuff one for like me that. was Instagram. Bookstagram is a wealth of so many awesome readers who are excited to talk about your work because they're thrilled to receive a new book, to have the experience of reading something new and different, and also to just have this this relationship with you. So, I would um I would recommend starting there. I would start with Bookstagram and then maybe even branch into YouTube. If you don't do video, this might be a little bit more tricky, but I would recommend definitely filming a video of yourself talking about your book and just no um, no obligations or anything, no like, um, you know, don't like obviously make them feel like they're obligated to read your book. What I did when I reached out to bookstagrammers is I was just like, I would like to send you a book. And I didn't ask for a review. I didn't ask for a feature or anything on their page. Just like a gift, just for fun. Just a gift. And what ended up happening is a lot of those bookstagrammers read it, loved it, and did a feature post on it. And I never even asked them to do that. So it was all the more organic and all the more valuable because of that. I mean, all of these things are you're building relationships, you're opening up communications, but you're also basically getting free advertising but it's better than advertising because it's not just an ad that you pay to be in somebody's newsfeed right it's a trusted influencer a trusted reader who has their own fan base their own audience um, of people who like their recommendations and so to get a recommendation from them in their newsfeed that's a totally organic not paid for not sponsored um, review of a book that they genuinely loved that is so much more valuable than even getting an ad in front of those people. So that would be my number one piece of advice for a non-book blog tour related thing. But book, book blog tours are still um, valuable for sure because it still creates the conversation online, which is what you want.
1: Finding platforms where people are talking about books. like. Yes try to identify like, okay, I really like using this platform. Like I'm a big uh, supporter of the fact that you don't have to be on every single platform. You don't have to be everywhere. You just have to be where it works for you. And so try to identify what area of this platform that I'm already using, where are people talking about books and and then go to that space. Yes. Indie publishing is good for established authors or those who are willing to publish it only as ebooks or through KDP. Is this true?
0: No. Definitely not. Definitely, <laughs> Definitely
1: not. not. Actually, um, really, you're better off in so many ways. And obviously I can't speak for everyone because everyone's journey is different, but If you want to publish, it's so much easier to be able to start building what you're doing. Even if you traditionally publish in the future, you can start building now as an indie author. There are a lot of indie authors who eventually even have something traditionally published who started building first (laughs) independently because you just don't have, um, you know. That's the better way to do it, I
0: think, is like in reverse order. Like establish yourself first as an indie. And then once you've acquired, an audience, a reader base, you will automatically be more attractive first of all for right. a deal that's really desirable rather than going after a deal that's not very desirable just in hopes of establishing yourself.
1: Yeah, cuz I think a lot of people and I'm not not everyone, but a lot of authors starting out have this sort of image of if I write a really great Piece and send it off to a publisher. They're going to read the piece and they're going to judge it on the quality of the writing and whether or not they would be able to promote it and make it a a you know a well read successful book based on the merit of my writing. And that's really not what's happening anymore. As, as nice as that would be, <clears throat> but um, from talking with um, people in the industry um, and, and from my own personal experience with Publishing audiobooks, what the conversation was that I experienced firsthand coming to any potential um, contract or deal was what's your social media following? How many views are your videos getting? How many people are interacting with your social media per week? What are your stats? How many people do you have? What are your mailing lists looking like? They wanted to see numbers and they really didn't care about the work, per se, because they're not, like a lot of these publishers, they don't have huge platforms. And if you think about it, when you want to read a new book, you don't be like, oh, let me go to, you know, HarperCollins and look at their homepage. You're you're, you're you're learning about books through probably social media influencers magazines and other places where you're consuming content and you're just hearing about these books by osmosis so what they want to know is do you already have a following because we don't have a massive following that is just your genre right you know yeah, what I mean? again it's back to supply and demand yeah
0: where's the demand you know right that's, yeah
1: that's what they want they want a demand already <laughs> exactly uh, this is a question from A. Chowdhury. How can an author full of sal- self doubt have even the courage and faith in herself to be able to publish a book? Have courage and faith in yourself. Yes. Start now. Let's why do it. not? There's absolutely no reason why you shouldn't have courage and faith in yourself. You've already taken the most important step by beginning to pursue this beautiful gift that's within you. So you have absolutely no reason not to trust that, not to have faith that that's going to take you to incredible places. Mm hmm. Yeah, and you're in good company because a lot of people have self-doubt. And a lot of
0: brilliant, amazing, innovative artists have doubted themselves and felt like imposters and, and felt, been
1: rejected yeah. many times. <laughs> yes. So
0: so any of that is not an indicator at all of how good you are at what you're doing. You are way more amazing than you think, way better than you give yourself credit for. So start believing in yourself. If you believe in yourself, that's literally all all you need just having confidence in yourself will take you so so far in your career and in your life it's like it is it is like the magic elixir to everything Mm, it is it is rocket fuel to take you to your
1: dreams i'm planning on releasing a trilogy regardless of its success should i publish them all at once and what would be the pros and cons of that
0: um, I would definitely say don't publish them all at once
1: because then you're not going to be able to create like hype for the whole series. It's also a ton of work. Yeah, like, yeah it's so yeah. much work. I can't even emphasize. Just do one button. <laughs> the whole idea of that is terrifying to me. Um, yeah. <laughs> get pace yourself, give yourself a break, um, and really focus on making the launch of the first book as successful as possible.
0: Yes, because yeah. the first book will be like the, the groundwork, the most important thing definitely if you can make the first book a smashing success the rest will be
1: like easier way easier <laughs> um tanner lg asks when do you know that the story is the one i want to know when the right when the right book to publish has been written not just the one i'm really interested in currently please help you guys are literally the best i could not have written what i have without you That's so sweet. Thanks. We're so happy that we can be here to encourage you and cheer you on. Um, So how do you know it's the one? I think that, like, honestly, any of them could be the one. There's really Mm -hmm. no, like, magical element that makes a book the one. It just has to be the one that matters to you.
0: Yeah, it has to matter to you. And you have to be, like, super excited for it and proud of it. And
1: I would also say
0: um, paying attention to the tone of the story and the tone that you tend to gravitate towards because your first book that you publish will kind of set the set the mood for what your future publications will be like. Not necessarily all of them. They don't all have to fit into the same genre or whatever because I'm a big believer in writing all kinds of genres, whatever you feel like writing. But the tone of your work definitely sets up what your readers will expect from you
1: in the future. Yeah, I think that's definitely true. All right, so this one is from Abby Sander who asks, I see videos about the correct way to format a book before publishing, but there are too many. So my question is, is there a correct way to format a book or is it just a learning process? Well, I would say there are definitely different ways to
0: format books based on like the style you want. But there are some industry standards that you absolutely want to follow to make your book formatting clean and professional and most importantly, easily readable. Um, So definitely follow the industry standard things. And by that, I mean like margins, text spacing and font choice. And you can just kind of like take some of your favorite books, probably in like the same genre, um, and look at the formatting and just try to copy it. Like, honestly, that's what I'd recommend doing. Um, but pay attention to the details, pay attention to the line spacing, pay attention to margins, pay attention to how the text appears on the page, where paragraph breaks are, where line breaks are, ornamental breaks, things like that, because all those little details are what make it feel professional. And of course, there's a lot of technical aspects to this, so I don't want to get too detailed and techie here but like you said there are a lot of videos online about this i'm actually going to make my own master class about formatting soon so I'll stay tuned for that abby's like the
1: master of formatting and she formatted spare rising yeah I've, I've formatted like
0: i think i formatted all your books yeah actually yeah because you've like, done like I've, enormous work. i'm kind of a formatting like, nerd honestly. like there's
1: there's really cool you guys, you guys will only be able to see this if you're watching. Yeah, all of you the listening are like, "Kate, so annoying." There's cool like headers. Yeah,
0: the chapter headings are really cool. I was very yeah. Proud of so this. you can get
1: <laughs> fun with those, and you can do you can try different things. Like you in a hundred days of sunlight, you did little artworks. Yeah, and the poetry that she writes because the character writes poetry like that's arranged differently yeah so you can you can experiment and have a little bit of fun for
0: sure for sure definitely have fun with it but make sure that the um the text is easy to read above all else because you don't want like i've seen some self-published books where the text is like really crammed together and it's unreadable like i cannot my eyes just cannot look at it
1: yeah (laughs) so yeah yeah, definitely. That, <laughs> the ease of reading is the most important part. Um, we we got a – I'm going to kind of just smush these questions together because there was like three that were asked by teen authors who were saying like, um, I want to be able to publish soon, but I'm on a tight budget, so like what should I be paying attention to? And I think um, – really be wise about where you budget your money and, and and spend it on the things that are actually going to matter with getting your book ready. So instead of like, you know, getting fancy with the formatting or the cover or a bunch of aesthetics or marketing materials. Like think about what is the most important thing for making sure the book's as tight as possible, which would be an editor. Mm-hmm. Um and proofreader.
0: Yeah, those two things I would say would be the most important. Yeah.
1: And then the other things are kind of secondary. Yeah.
0: I a- mean, like I said when I published 100 Days of Sunlight, I did the other things myself.
1: Like Right, exactly. Them. You can do so much yourself, but like one thing you can't do is like professionally edit unless you're a professional editor. Yeah. And even then, you're so close to it that it's hard. Yes. I think it is. you really need someone else. Yeah. But but utilize a lot of beta readers and oh, a great way to save money on the editing process um, is to make it an easier job for your editor. Yes. Um, By having the manuscript not be a hot mess when you send it to them and have it be super clean and super tight. So it's a pleasure for them to read through it. They can get through it fast and it ends up costing you less money. So there's small things like that you can do that will bring the grand total down quite a bit and then do some of it yourself like making a book cover. Or some of the formatting, you can even use um, formatting programs like Vellum, Mm -hmm. things like that. So look into some of these things, like what are, if you have tech skills, especially, Mm-hmm. You can utilize some of them. You don't necessarily need someone else to do it for you.
0: Also, a lot of um, the technical parts of it, like Ingram Spark and different um, websites that you may utilize, a lot of times they offer promo codes and coupons and stuff at different times of the year. So it's also valuable to keep an eye out for things like that. Um, I'm pretty sure the Alliance of Independent Authors has like a a thing where they give out like coupon codes and stuff for um, different publishing tools and resources. So that's also something to look for. Um, those things can save you a lot too. Like I used that when I was setting up your manuscript on Ingram recently, they were having a promo for a free setup, which they do like a few times a year. So that can be helpful too, to like keep an eye out for things like that. Just anywhere that you can save money really, because all of that is going to go back into promoting
1: the book after the fact. So, uh, I think it was book Twilight Zone had actually asked like um, what the basic mechanics of Ingram Spark are and if you can set your own publishing date when you're using it do you want to just breeze through the yes. lowdown on Ingram real quick
0: Yeah so <clears throat> there's a lot of technical aspects to Ingram but they've improved a lot since I started using the platform and it's actually pretty easy to use and I really like the platform. It's great especially for like producing, High-quality hardcovers, to me, it's just they their quality is perfect. But um, as far as the publishing date, you definitely want to set that up before you go to set up your book on Ingram. You want to know the publishing date because they will ask you for your publishing date and your on-sale date. Those two things are the same. So if that's ever confusing to you, what's the, public? the release date, the on-sale date? Same thing. It's basically the date when your book is now available to ship to people who have pre-ordered it. And for authors who are setting up a book that they're going to publish in the future, don't worry. When you go to distribute your book and say, yes, okay, I approve it, the cop, the proof copies look good, um, and go ahead and distribute my book, it is not going to ship to any of the people who have pre-ordered it until the on-sale date. So let's say that your on-sale date is January and you just put up your book and you just hit distribute. now. People on retail websites will be able to pre-order the book. It will show up for pre-order, but it will not ship to them until the on-sale date. So that's one technical thing that I know I was nervous about when I first started setting up and I had to research a lot to make sure the book wasn't going to ship before it was published. So that is one technical aspect. But as far as the rest of it, I mean, they have a lot of great templates and like cover jacket art generators, things like that, that you can follow that are very easy to follow um, for creating the physical materials that go into your book and the great part is that you can order as many proofs as you want for yourself to make sure that it looks flawless
1: before you send it off to the world (laughs) yeah it's important that you're happy with it you approve your stamp of approval is on the final physical copy um Meryl Etimo asks my question is how to market yourself as an author before your debut. Does a following on social media really matter that much? Um, starting out, don't worry about it. Just start building. When we, bo- both of us, when we started publishing our first book, I had a much smaller platform than even Abby did. And... Um, when you published 100 Days of Sunlight, your YouTube was like nowhere near what it is now, like the visibility and stuff. Um, so you don't need to be like, oh, I can't publish anything until I have this massive social media following. Just start because like you talked about recently, there's some book or something called like A Thousand True Fans. <clears throat> oh, Yeah.
0: I don't. I don't think I've read that, but I've heard of it.
1: But like, <clears throat> it, isn't it a concept too? Like, you really don't need that many people. It's more important than having a ton of people. Um, on your, your like following list or follow list or whatever is to have people who you're genuinely engaging with. And it doesn't have to be some massive number. It can be a small number of highly engaged people who are interested in hearing about what you have to share with them, are interested in your writing. And that can be enough, even if you only have a thousand people or so. To to start getting your work off the ground and realize it's only going to go up from there with that mentality. Yeah, that's that's really the place to start, and you don't have to wait until you have like a hundred thousand followers to publish something. Absolutely not.
0: Yeah, definitely. Yeah, the important thing, like you said, is just to start. Just start putting yourself out there. Start putting your work out there. Start posting and sharing things that are valuable to others because they've been valuable to you and that can be something that's very
1: um you know simple and easy to create right and abs and i are both um pretty digitally minimal too. Like if any of you have been around on my channel, you know that I talk about digital minimalism a lot and I'm not someone who even uses social media on a personal level. So there, you don't have to like live on social media in order to make your book a success either. We have actually quite a few episodes of this podcast that we talk about digital minimalism and how you can mitigate that and have a healthy, beautiful relationship with, and build a platform and loving... Uh, meaningful relationships with your readers without having to live on the computer or on your phone doing that all the time. Dr. Bahutz says, does self-publishing your books have any negative impact on your chances of getting traditionally published in the future? No, totally not. In fact, it'll probably increase it. And what's happened in a lot of cases is um, books that have gotten super, super successful as indie have publishers like beating down their door asking if they could please publish it. Yeah. Yeah, so it's a great way to build your audience. And and like we said to earlier too, look at people, what a lot of authors are doing on Wattpad, which amazes me. It's like, oh, I published something on Wattpad and now I have a bunch of traditional publishers that want to publish me. So, there's there's a lot of ways to do it. No, it's not going to at all damage that in any way. But what it might do is ruin you and you don't want to traditionally publish because you're like, oh, why would I do that when I was able to build this myself? No, thanks. So it, it's all dependent on everyone's journey. I'm just joking around here. But um, obviously, you know, they're, they're, it's not like ones where it's not right or wrong. It's they're different. And you have to figure out what's going to work for you. Yes. Um, Verity Life asks, are ARC readers a good key to unlocking connection to readers through v- reviews? And um, I think someone else had also asked, like, what is a good amount of time to give your, give your um, advanced readers copies of your book? How long does that take? And is that an effective system to getting reviews on your book?
0: Yeah, it's definitely effective. I would highly recommend doing it. I, I would recommend not ever publishing without doing that um, because it's so, so valuable to get reviews, especially early reviews, um, and to give as many digital copies out as you possibly can. So again, I mentioned earlier that I used NetGalley for publishing 100 Days of Sunlight, and that was really helpful to find ARC readers. And then with my follow-up book, I ended up not even using NetGalley with the follow-up and just going to the resource of all of the ARC readers who had previously read the first book. Um, So the cool thing about NetGalley is that you have all of these contacts after you've communicated with them, given them your book to advance read, you now have contact with them forever through their email. And so you can reach out to them and ask them if they are interested in reading any follow-up works and things like that. So that's what I did for the Christmas book. And that was also really helpful because I was able to go to this audience who is familiar with my work already and enjoyed reading the first book and ask them for an honest review. And of course, there's a certain percentage that will say yes. Um, Same with any ARC team that you put together. So I definitely recommend that, recommend using that as a strategy. NetGalley is a great place to do it. Another platform is BookSprout. Um, And as far as timeline goes, I would recommend one to two months minimum for giving your ARCs time to read the book because you want to give them enough time that they don't feel rushed, but also um, you know coming up on the release date.
1: Right, because you want to also give them time to remember it's going to take a while for some people to remember, oh yeah, okay, I have to go in, log in, leave a review, Um, especially if you're going to ask them to do it on multiple platforms. But the most important thing to remember is like, where's the main place people are buying books, Um, which is typically Amazon, um, so that's where it's really uh, relevant to have reviews and stuff. You have to think this has to do with someone is buying a book and they're wondering, like, should I click add to cart? Should I click purchase now? And they're gonna skim a couple of reviews and where are they doing that? So that can also come into play because you might wanna only ask people like, hey, would you leave the review on Amazon and then copy and paste it to Goodreads or something like that. But don't give them like a laundry list of, can you also leave it here and here and here and here? And eventually they're gonna be like, okay. <laughs> you know, I think I'm just gonna buy this book when it comes out because I don't have quite that much time. So um, kind of pick and choose where the most important place, like do you agree that those are like the top two?
0: Yeah. What What did you say? Amazon and Goodreads? Amazon and Goodreads. Yeah, yeah. Because
1: mm-hmm. I feel like Goodreads is a place where people look a lot too. I mean, I don't know. I don't do. I don't really look at book reviews ever. So it's hard for me to say. But I have heard it. I have heard people say that. Um. Uh. Okay. Uh. What is the best way to grow an email list? So if you're wanting to grow an email list, which is really important, and we recommend this to every single author and really creator in general, any kind of creator, creating anything, um, building an email list is important for the reason that Abby just detailed of having contacts that are like, hey, these are these are your people. They're interested in what you're doing. They want to know more. They want to read your stuff in the future. You don't want them to disappear into the ether because they were only on a YouTube channel or they were only on your uh, Twitter or um whatever other social media, and now you can't access them directly except for through that platform. Email gives you this direct access to them to be able to actually put a piece of mail in their mailbox. In the most literal sense, you are putting um, an email into their inbox and they're going to see that. So it's just a more effective way of reaching out to people and sending them updates and having those updates actually be seen, especially in today's environment of so many of these social media platforms are changing their algorithms like every other day. And even people with massive, massive followings are getting very, very, very low visibility numbers and interaction numbers because these platforms just aren't serving their content like they used to. A lot of these platforms are tending to show a lot of ads and not a lot of content from even the people that you're following necessarily. So that's something to keep in. In mind is that you know even if you're like oh well hey I have this nice um, following on my um, Facebook page so I I don't really need to bother with um, emails. Not every single person's going. So if you went on your Facebook page and posted, not every single follower is going to see that in their newsfeed, unfortunately. Whereas most people see the emails that go into their inbox. So it's just increasing the amount that you can talk to people and the amount of places that you can connect with people. It makes the connection uh, more efficient for being able to give them a piece of information. And you have to remember, this is something that they want to hear. So they want to hear when you're going to release your next book. So you're helping them to be able to actually see that bit of news when it comes out.
0: Yeah, and it's a relationship of nurturing, really. Yeah, I mean, I love using that word because it comes into play so much with blogging, with YouTubing, with creating any kind of content. And that I think is the best place to start with building the email list from scratch is what can you give that will nurture your ideal reader, what is something that you can share with them? Maybe it's a piece of your writing. Maybe it's the first few chapters of your book. I know you have a lead like that, right?
1: Yeah, I do. So um, which is what I mentioned earlier for you guys who want to maybe dive into my writing, you can get the first book for free when you sign up for my email. So that's, that's kind of like the thing that i want to offer to people and it you have to remember also and like i know it can be hard as artists because you're like oh i don't really want to market anything or make anyone feel obligated like i'm just trying to get their email and you know i don't really care enough to like reach out to them and and personally i'm just sending them something through an automatic it's stop (laughs) these are people who are interested in what you are doing already and you're interested in giving them something that is going to possibly touch their life in a really positive way. So it's it's a, like Abby was saying, it's a really loving, nurturing relationship that you're building with your readers where you're like, hey, now I can stay in touch with this person who is obviously interested in my writing and I'm very interested in giving my writing to them. It's a very giving relationship that you're building with your email list because it gives you direct access to people that th- this is why you do what you do. Don't let yourself forget that. You're you're a writer because you want to touch people's lives with your writing. And what better way than to be like, hey, can I send you a piece of writing for free? Yeah. Because, you know, that I love the fact that I have a free book to give people. Yeah. I love being able to be like, hey, you know, you don't even have to go buy any of my books. Just sign up for, you know, my email below and I'll send you my first book.
0: Yeah. It's a it's a great concept, and it's something I think a lot of indie authors um, should be utilizing, if not already. So definitely take that one into consideration. Also, if you ever feel like nervous about self-promo like Kate was saying we have a whole episode about that, about, yeah, we do. about that self-promo as an indie author so we'll link that one below if we remember to but great questions guys hopefully you found our answers helpful and hopefully you enjoyed celebrating the release of Kate's new book again this is a giveaway so comment below this video tell us what you thought of this episode and subscribe to Kate's YouTube channel that's how you enter the giveaway we will randomly select a winner at the end of the week and um this is a u.s only giveaway by the way just so everybody knows if you're in the u.s comment below subscribe to kate's channel subscribe anyway even if you're not but we're giving
1: away the <laughs> entire series in paperback format so super exciting you could win yes, this whole thank, beautiful series thank you guys so much for your support i'm gonna be able to do this without you and you mean the absolute world to me yes
0: <laughs> thank you guys so much for being here and um so excited for everything that is still to come but go get kate's book if you haven't already because you'll love it okay guys that's it for us for now until next time stay stoked and rock on